0: Lost Colts Radio.
1: www.jesusinthemorningradio.com
0: Hallelujah, hallelujah. You fight on this morning. Keep your sword in your hand this week and fight on because we're fighting that good fight of faith. We're winning. We're winning. Matter of fact, we are already winners. And we thank God for being on the winning team. Hallelujah. He fought the battle for us. And what we got to do today is believe. Believe what his word says concerning the good fight of faith. Hallelujah. We are winners. We are winners. Yeah. Again this morning, we are on the winning team. And without him, we can do nothing. But because we have him, all things must work together for our good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's good news right there. That's exciting Good news, enough news that should make us want to lift our hands and open our mouth and tell God thank you today because He has been good to us. Hallelujah. Brought us up into this present time, brought us through another week, another weekend. We're starting a brand new week with Him. Yeah. And with Him, all things are possible. Yeah. I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Hallelujah. Even let us know this. We're the head and not the tail. We're above and not beneath. Listen, no weapon that is formed against us shall prosper. Hallelujah. Again, we are more than conquerors. Oh, yeah. We're not just conquerors. We are more than. We go beyond through Christ Jesus that loves us. He loves us like the Father does. Hallelujah. I'm grateful. Unto him this morning, appreciate him, loving, him, thanking, him, can't get enough of him. He's more than I need, and the more I get of him, the better I am. Don't make me perfect just yet. I'm yet in the earth, and I'm striving for perfection in him, in him, because he's the perfect God. Hallelujah. Let's pray this morning, the prayer of faith, and that uh, we're going boldly before the throne of grace to make our petition known unto Almighty God, Jehovah. He's got all power. There's no higher power. Uh, he's on our side today. He's for us. Yeah, he said we can come bolder before the throne of grace. And look at him. He will in no wise cast us out. We can cast our cares upon him, for he careth for us. But we got to believe these things. And stop thinking about what the world think about us, what people think about us. Remember what God has said concerning you. Believe it and walk in it. Walk in it. Hallelujah. I'm excited today because Jesus is. all he is. Hallelujah. All I need and more, I thank you this morning, Father. So let's pray. Father God, we Thank you for another Monday morning. Thank you for waking us up, closing our right minds. We thank you for the use and activity of our limbs. Father, we thank you for our life, our health, and our strength. We thank you for all you've done for us already, what you're doing right now and what you're going to do. We thank you for keeping the the sea from the land, the water from the land. Oh, we thank you for keeping the sun from the earth. We thank you that the moon don't come out and freeze us at night. We thank you that you're taking care of everything for us. The only thing we really have to do is believe. Believe what your word says concerning us. Help us today to come up in our faith, in our trust in you. Help us today to have patience or to wait on you and to work with others. Help us today to be your people because you are our God. Help us to do what's pleasing and acceptable unto you this morning and every day in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you and we want to please you. We thank you and we want to do the things that you can accept because the only way you accept any old thing is you're cleaning it up. When I think about Mary the prostitute, you cleaned her up when I think about the thieves and all of those who hung out with you, they were no longer the same. Once they come to you, they were totally changed. And Father, we've come to you and you've changed us. We're new creatures in you. Old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. And Father, help us to walk in the light of the newness of you. Help us to remember we're not the old man but we're the new creatures in Christ Jesus. Help us today and help us believe your word concerning us. For you love us. You so loved us. You sent your only son. And this morning we believe because, Father, we don't want to perish. We want eternal life, everlasting life. We want to go back to the place that you sent your son away to prepare for us. And where he is, we may be also one day. Help us to remember to prepare daily. Oh, because it's important to prepare for your return. Father, we want to be dressed. We want to look good, and we want to be ready to go because we've worked in the vineyard. Yeah, we've done what you said to do. And, God, even when we stand before you, we carry works that won't burn up. Help us today, oh, God. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. We love you this morning. Father, we love you. We love you for being almighty God who have all power. We love you for your righteousness, for your holiness this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you. We thank you. We can't thank you enough. If each of us had 10,000 tongues, and, Father, we began to praise you with every one of them, it wouldn't be enough because you're more than God. Hallelujah. You go beyond the call for us, and we thank you this morning. Father, we bow down and we bring every caller and every listener before you this morning. Ask that you would bless every household represented here, every family member, every friend, Father, those that are near and far. We come this morning asking today that, Father, you would supply our need according to your riches and glory by your Son, Christ Jesus. Father, there are those that stand in the need of being saved. They stand in the need of a real relationship with you. They stand in the need of the truth to understand your word, to have wisdom of your word poured out upon them this morning. In the name of Jesus, poured out upon us, oh God. Or oh, in the name of Jesus. Father, there are those who don't know which way to go today. Things has really gotten bad. And God, they don't have money. They don't have the resources that they need. But, God, you are our resources. You are more than we need. And if we'll come boldly to you, Father, you will in no wise cast us out and you will bless us. Do it today for these, your people. Those that are coming through the archives and the podcasts, moved by your spirit for these, your people today. All of us, oh God, in the name of Jesus. And, Father, those that are sick here, those that are sick when they hear this prayer going forth, Father, I ask that you would touch and heal today. You took a beating for the healing of the nation. It's you that healed all manner of sickness and disease. With your stripes today, by your stripes today, Father, we are already healed in the name of Jesus. Let our healing manifest. And, Father, let us believe that we are healed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you for your healing power. Oh, we thank you this morning. Hallelujah. Give us a mind to drink more water. Less of anything else, coffee, tea, sodas, lemon, everything but water. And God, help us to remember to say a prayer over the water that we drank. Hallelujah. For cleansing and healing power. uh, In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, we bring those that are incarcerated those that are in every branch of the military, widowers, bereaved families, intercessory prayer people, preachers, Israel, Jerusalem, all our brothers and sisters overseas, America and the leadership of America. We bring Freedom to us, Ministries and Jesus in the morning before you this morning. And Father, we lay all of these things on the altar asking you to bless it the more, Father, bless it like never before. Each and every thing, God. Bless today as only you can do. Move by your spirit. Open up doors and make ways. And Father, anything in there that's not of you, we ask that you would cast it to the pits of hell, never to return again. We ask that you would rebuke the devourer. Oh, on these things today and for our sake, Lord, stir up the gifts in us that we would get busy about your business, about the Father's business, because, Father, we think we have business. And a lot of things we hide. But, Father, we want to be about your business and you'll take care of what we think is our business. Help us, Lord, today to be workers in the binyard. We want to work while it's day because night is coming. And, Father, no man can see when night comes. So help us today. Help us that when you shine your light in darkness, it won't find us there. We've comprehended and moved on in your son, Jesus. Help us today, oh God, to be your people again, and you are our God, Jehovah. Oh, we thank you this morning. We can't tell you thank you enough. Oh, we thank you for this Monday morning. And Father, we ask that you would bless the prayer club. Bless us the Dot over there working the prayer club. God, we ask that you would bless the prayer request club this morning, that you would move for these, your people that come through, requesting prayer, saying amen, because they trust you and they believe in you. Some are faithful, oh God, and come every morning. Do it for us all in the name of Jesus. We thank you this morning. We can't thank you enough. And Father, today, the message of patience, strengthen us. As you give us the trials of patience. Help us today to learn to wait on you. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Father, we'll mount up with wings on eagle. We're running now. Father, help us this morning. Help us this morning. Help us this morning. Hallelujah. Help us today. We stand in the need of you. Again, we can't do anything without you. And, Lord, we need you to lead and guide us in the right path for your name's sake today. Oh, we ask all of this this morning in the name of Jesus. Oh, we thank you. We thank you for hearing. Thank you for answering. Thank you that we can allot this time unto you this morning. For you're more than worthy. Hallelujah. Of all the glory, all the honor, all the praise, and, Father, all the worship, you are worthy. Hallelujah. We thank you this morning. We bathe in your glory. We bathe in your love. All your grace and your mercy. We bathe in it this morning. And we thank you. We thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All oh, the songwriters said, what a mighty God we serve. Angels. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. Angels bow before him. The heavens and the earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve today. He's our God. He's on our side this morning. He's for us. But we must remember, without him we can do nothing. The least little thing happened, run to him. He's our hiding place. Hallelujah. His name is even a place where the righteous can run in and be saved. God counted Abraham's righteousness, as right his faith as righteousness. Not what he was doing, but he counted Abraham's faith, how Abraham believed so, as righteousness. Hallelujah. Also, if we believe in God this morning, his name is a place where we can run in and be saved. I can remember things happening to me, and I just simply said, Jesus, and I meant it, and it had to turn me loose. I can remember being in the bed, sleeping, and woke up to something pulling me down by my feet, both feet. It was pulling me down like it was pulling me down in the bed, to the foot of the bed. At first I said, Mama, and then I thought, Mama, I said, Jesus. And as soon as I said it, it released my feet.
2: And I was like, wow,
0: what was that? But later on, I got to see what it was. And it was two people trying to use me so that other people would think that they were with me when they were cheating with each other on their husband and wife. And see, that would have pulled my name down. That would have pulled my good works down. But God showed it to me. And I was blessed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Today, um, our topic is patience. But let patience have a perfect work. Yeah patience, because these are things that we need. We need patience because God does not always move overnight. He don't always move in a few minutes. Sometimes we may have to work with somebody who it takes a lot more than it does with others. You may be used to working with people and you get it done swiftly, or once you sign off on the paperwork that you said this to them or you gave them that, it's over with. But in this godly walk there are times when we have to have more patience and we may have to work with people for a longer period of time i've had so many people that tell me i can't do what you do and every time they tell me that i thank god for it and i love the lord for it yeah i love him for it because see I know that he has assigned me the things that nobody else will do, nobody else can do, nobody else really want to do. Yeah, because who want to be bothered with the with people with the same thing? You you told them this and they went away, but they back with that. Nobody. Phone ringing all day, emails coming in. <laughs> people texting. Yeah, you sleep and the phone rang, you know, because you just can't cut it off. You have children. You have, a, you know, other family members. You don't want to cut your phone off. And so all day and all night stuff coming in. And you on with this one and that one is that and that one over there is this and way over there is something else. Then you get strangers coming all the time. You get scammers. Just all kind of stuff. So people say, oh, no, I don't want to do all of that. I just want to be in peace and uh, enjoy my life and get my rest and that kind of thing. But I'm grateful unto the Lord for this work that he has given unto me. And sometimes things will start off rocky. God will allow people to come your way, and it starts off rocky. Sometimes they'll say things you're not used to hearing. And you're like, whoa, wait a minute. Hold up. Is this the devil? What is this right here? Oh, I bind you up in Jesus' name talking to me like this. This is not me. This is not. But God will come in and comfort you and say, hold up, hold up. Have patience. Wait, listen, listen, and listen good. And then sometime before they come, as they come in, God will begin to show you them. Yeah. And and, and look, sometimes they're telling you stuff. And you know better than what they're telling you. (laughs) Because God has already shown you. You just got to hold tight with patience and allow him to use you to bless the people. Patience. I think if God allowed me to live to be 99, I still would work unto him. If I became 100, I still would have work to do unto him. I think some days if I'm so old, you know, I can barely lift a hand, I think I would probably be singing. Yeah. I still would. It wouldn't sound, you know, like Dorothy Norwood or LeAndrea Johnson, but guess what? I would still be singing unto the Lord because what I do, I want to do it unto God. I don't want to do it unto man. And so I'm grateful unto him this morning for the work, for the patience to do the work. Good morning to you, Sion. God bless you. I know I know where you gotta go. So I wanted to get my hello into you early this morning. My good morning, rather, uh, before you have to check in. Yeah. So we're thankful unto the Lord. Good morning to you, sister Jerry and Sister Dot and Sister Irene. Good morning to good morning to your sister. Senna, I will get back with you today, uh, Sister Senna, and if I get back your work and you're working, just call me back when you're not, when you get a free moment. Yeah, this weekend, I had a wonderful weekend. I was off yesterday, didn't go to the prison. I uh, just kept my feet up so that they could go down because they were swollen. But this weekend, I got to take Sister Jerry and uh, a her son, to the beach. And I t- it was super hot out there. But I believe Calvin really enjoyed himself this weekend. And Sister Jerry was just telling God thank you for his creation. And oh, it was just beautiful. We got lunch from a barbecue spot and I took it on out to the water. She was ready to get out the car and go to the, you know, to the water. And Brother Cal was too. I was ready to eat my barbecue sandwich. I have a thing that I tell Sister Irene. (laughs) Y'all know I love talking about food. So I, tell, I read I say, hi, my name is Barbara, and I'm a foodaholic. Oh, that just tickled her so good. Yeah. But I thank God, I thank God that he blessed me, that I can be a blessing unto somebody else, that they can enjoy themselves. You know, cause see, people don't have patience. And if you're just a tad bit slow, they really don't want to be bothered with you because you you take too long. And I know many days, she and I have gone out, Sister Jerry and I and Brother Calvin, and she probably figured that, oh, Barbara, I, I just hate to see her think of me like that. No, it's not like that. It may be something else on my mind, but not what I'm doing for you. Yeah. But I thank God that I'm able to do something for somebody else. He took all the cooking and cleaning and laundry. I don't do that anymore. But look, I still can drive. A pretty good driver, you know, safe driver, Brother Lewis. Well, I'm by myself every now and then, you know, I speed a little bit and it comes to me, obey the laws of the land. But when I have passengers, I try to be careful. And, you know, I was just, blessed to be able to go to the beach yeah and I enjoyed it I enjoyed the ride oh we went around a like a youth we went down our Drive and come back up 17 which is Main Street yeah and then we went on and got on the freeway yeah but God is faithful went out to Trout River to get some fish but they didn't have the fresh white so we didn't get them but I'm going back this week to get the fresh, because they should have the fresh out there. Yeah. And so I'm thankful. I'm thankful unto him for all he has done, what he's doing right now, and what he's going to do. Great and mighty things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's nothing like him. Me too. It is Toyota. I don't even realize I'm speeding. I know it. I know it, Brother Lewis. Yeah, and when it rides good, oh my goodness, you will forget. Yeah, And, and I'm listening to music and I'm going. And uh, But mainly when I'm alone, you know, I don't speak with other people in the car. I try not to because of this, something could happen. But if I'm by myself, I you know, I try to get down a little bit, see y'all. Right? I try to put a little pedal with a little metal <laughs> and I go on. But that's even... Uh, hearing from the Lord because patience. Where are you going so fast, Barbara? Where do you have to get to like a jet? Slow it down. Obey the laws of the land would come to my mind and i slow it down. They taught me patience is a virtue. And so I need to work on that all the time. Yeah, some people say, oh, Barbara, you had a patience of Job. I can remember coming home from prison, my brother, I took him to the doctor. And he was in there like maybe two, three hours. He had a shoulder, had injured his shoulder. And I sat there with my Bible, and I was having Bible study and, you know, praying and enjoying myself right there in the car. He come out the doctor. It was his car. He had a new car. He got on the other side. I'm in the driver's seat. He was like, my goodness. I said, what? He said, girl, you got some patience. I said, what do you mean? He said the average person would have been in that office two or three times trying to figure out how soon was I going to get out of there. He said that's what they would have been doing. I said, well, now I knew what I was bringing you. Um, You you know, you are going to see the doctor, and we don't know how long. Well, I didn't know how long it would take. So I just decided to do what I like best. I decided to, you know, just study my Bible and uh, just have a good day. And I got in some time that I wouldn't have gotten in because, you know, I was trying to get over here to pick you up to take you, you know. So he was like, yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. I'm glad you got patience like that. Yeah, God taught it to me. Because I, I was just like everybody else, and and still are today. I can get a little impatient because I want it. I want it to come on, and I want it to come on right now. I'm driving, and the person in front of me driving slower. I'm like, "What are you doing? Get out the way! What's wrong, your car? Yeah, no patience. In the grocery store. Whoever's in front of me, you know, they may be fumbling with their wallet, it appears. They're trying to add their pennies up to make sure, you know, they have enough money to do what they need to do right there to register. And I want them to come on and get it over with. Patience. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. We're going to go to James and a couple other places where it's going to talk about patience. Because I promise, we need this. We need patience today. Because with God, you got to have patience. And if you have patience, then guess what? You're going to be taught some things. Not only that, you're going to be a blessed person. Yeah. Because you have the patience to wait on God. Yeah, my daughters used to, my three youngest daughters, they used to sing a song that says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount, they shall mount up with wings like an eagle. They shall run and never faint." Need you to teach me, Lord, teach me, Lord, teach me, Jesus, teach me, Lord teach me how to wait. Yeah, whenever they would act up at home and, I want it first, I was going to do it first. uh Y'all sang that right there and tell me what the words... <laughs> yeah, y'all, y'all tell me what the words to the song mean because right now nobody appear to have patience. I don't even have patience. I don't appear to have patience to tolerate the foolishness. So y'all sang that and it's going to help all of us. Yeah. So God is faithful to us, and a lot of times we don't have the patience to be faithful to him. Yeah, because it's like a slow process. It's as if it's taking too long, and I need more excitement in my life. I've heard people say, I can't read that Bible like that Bible. That's a little boring, and I need a little more. So there are ways that God would give to us that make his word interesting. Well, I used to witness the people, and they would say, well, well, how about the Bible? See, I don't understand the bees and the bowels in the back, you know, and God would give me something to tell them. Hey, have you checked out Samson and Delilah? Have you ever, you know, looked at the stories? Do you know what the stories are? The day they're calling it something else. But have you ever, and they like, yeah, 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 my mom, my grandmama used to look at that, you know, when when school was out, we used to check it out. You think that was something? If you get in the Bible, you're going to find out some things. You're going to find out people has always been people throughout ages. Before he inspired man to write the word, guess what? People was people. And I tell them about Samson and Delilah. I tell them about David and Saul, Jeremiah. You know, different things that I know would interest people. I tell them about Jacob and the latter. They're like, what? Yeah. I said, all of these type interesting things are in the word of God. It's in the Bible. I'm going to start looking for some of this stuff. I said, well, look it up. I'm going to just use this name and see what come up under this name, Jacob or Samuel. Yeah, do that. You're going to find some interesting stuff. But make sure you have the Bible with you. And whatever scripture it says is coming from a book of the Bible, chapter says it's coming from. Make sure you're reading along to make sure that you're getting the right information because there's a lot of stuff out here but it caused them to work on their patience. They didn't even know this. A lot of times I'm speaking and I'm speaking according to the scripture. People don't even know it. They think I'm just talking. I've had people to stop and look at me and say, wow, I never heard that like that before. I say that's because it's the scripture. What? Out the Bible? Yes, it's the scriptures out of the Bible. When you when I pray, you're gonna hear me pray from the word. <laughs> God knows his word and he's going to honor his word. You you'll hear me say almost every morning when I pray for the sick. You'll hear me talk about you took a beating for the healing of the nation. There's yet healing in the hymn of your garment. If you search the scriptures, you're gonna find this. You Heal all manner of sickness and disease. That's the word of God. With your stripes, by your stripes today, we are healed. That's the word of God. When he hears his word, he must honor his word because he knows his word is true. Now, Bible word is a different story. But his word is absolutely true. And I thank him for the truth this morning. Also, his son, Jesus, he's the way, the truth, and the light. And you always hear me say, and my life, because he leads the way if I'm willing to follow. If I stop the shenanigans with myself and follow him, I'm being led in the right path. It's because he loved me and for his name's sake. Anything his name is on, is holy, is pure, is righteous, is true, is real. Hallelujah. And we're grateful unto him this morning. Oh, I thank him, I thank him. Listen, I'm going to request the first request of the morning. And when we come back, we are coming back with our morning scripture reading. And I have some testimonies for you. And then we'll talk about more about patience. Hallelujah. Let's go to that first one. Y'all ready to go to church? You know what? I got to stop this one right quick. Sister Dorothy Goodman, I'm going to dedicate this one to you this morning. And I think you might know why I went to that concert in Jacksonville for my birthday. So I'm going to dedicate this one to you.
3: Y'all ready to go to church?
1: Just a radio. This is Jesus in the morning radio. Spreading the good news of Jesus.
0: Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, yeah, that's the Alabama girls right there is what they call themselves. And uh, that particular song, when I first heard it, oh, I just loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. And uh, I thank you for reminding me. Um, of this song to play it as a request today. God bless you. God bless you. And I thank you so much, Sister Dot, uh, because I did love this song, and I love that group, and I got to go and uh, see them. It's been a few years ago, and so I just thank God for it. This morning I'm looking at Second Peter uh, chapter 1 and 6, and it says this, and to knowledge temperance. And to temperance, patience. And to patience, godliness. Yeah, we're still talking about patience this morning. James 1 and 3 says this, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. The trying of your faith worketh patience. Cause you gotta wait. You can't do nothing until God comes. <laughs> It's it's, it's a particular situation, a particular thing, and you can't change it. So you increase your faith and let your faith work. And it's going to work patience. It's going to teach us how to wait. Yeah. David persuades uh, to to have patience and confidence in God. Patience in hope. Yeah, we got to wait on it. Can't do nothing until God comes. Listen, Titus 2 and 2 says this, that the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, and patience. Look, we got to be sober. Stand still. Do what's right. Increase in our faith. Believe beyond anything else. That God is and that he is a reward of them that diligently seek him. Love your brothers and sisters in Christ. Love those who appear to be unlovable. patience, You got to take time. You can't rush things. I know we want it. We wanted it yesterday. Oh, we wanted it last year. I've been wanting it, wanting it, wanting it, wanting it. But we got to wait on God. Let patience have a perfect work that we may be entire and wanting nothing. That's the book of James too. Romans 5 and 3 says, and not only so, but we glory in tribulation also. While we going through, we gonna glory. Knowing that tribulation works patience. Faith works patience. Going through a trial works patience. Why? You gotta wait. You can't move too quick. Oh, you can move quick, but nothing is going to happen until he does it. Who is he, Barbara? Almighty God, Jehovah, that have all power? Second Timothy 3 and 10 says, but thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience. These things are very important. That long-suffering is very important. Must Jesus bat a cross alone and all the world go free? No. There is a cross for everyone, and I know there is a cross for me. There are going to be afflictions. Ask Job about it. Go to the book of Job and and take a look over there. He went through much. He didn't do nothing. God asked Satan, hey, what you doing? Said I'm going to and fro seeking whom. In other words, I'm I'm looking for those that will let me divide. You got to let him. If you're a believer, you got to allow him to. God asked him about Job. Well, have you considered my servant Job? No. But I will. But see, you got a hedge of protection around him. If you take that from around him, he'll crush you to his faith, to your face. We got to know that we have the goodness of God. We got to know that we have the spirit of God. We have angels. We, we, he gave us his word. He gave us the, the emotion to have faith, to trust him. We got his word. There, there are no excuses for us, none. Yeah. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and 4 says, But in all things are proven ourselves as the ministers of God in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses. We're going to go through some things to get patience. We're going to go through some things to stay in this godly life, to walk with God daily. We are going to go through. I can't just tell you, hey, this is an easy life. I can't tell you that. But I can tell you it's doable. You can get through it. You can do it. You can't stand up for right. You can't stand for holiness. You can't obey the scriptures. God sent Jesus to prove it to us. He came in flesh like we are. But he had a well-made-up mind. He wanted to please the Father even taught us. He could do the will of him that sent him. Who sent him? Almighty God, Jehovah, his dad, or well, his father. <laughs> he nobody dad, nobody daddy. He's our heavenly father. Hallelujah. Amen goes right there. I feel alright right there. Look at this. First Timothy 6 and 11 says this, but thou, O man of God, believe these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, Love, patience, meekness Gotta have that patience Because we must have learned to wait Oh, but you don't understand, Sister Barber They killed my son, I hate that No, no, no We're gonna pray about that They shot my son, and let me tell you something They were out there just throwing the football to each other And of course I wanted revenge. Of course I got angry. Of course I was hurt. But it come to me, vengeance is mine. I said, Lord, if you heal my child like nothing ever happened to him, I will not seek revenge. And guess what? In six days, my boy was back to his normal self. Within six days, he was out of intensive care and ready to come home. And where I saw the bullet was, it, it, it didn't end up there. I prayed the prayer faith the bullet ended up somewhere else. <laughs> away from his lungs. Away from his heart. Away from his vital organs. Oh, y'all don't hear me this morning. We're going to go through some trials, some tribulations. We're going to go through some hard times, some hardship. Somebody got a child that I don't like the way they behave, and I didn't teach them that. I didn't train them to behave like that. I can hardly drink water around him or her acting like that. But it's your child. You got to love them through it. You yet got to be there for your young men. You got to love them through it. I've even had some fathers that come to me and say, Hey, look, look, evangelist! You don't understand. This is my son, and he around here wanting to be a girl. He never seen me for a week to no man. He always saw me with his mom. I'm gonna be honest with you. He he knew I had a girlfriend on the side. How he gonna want to be in love with another man? <laughs> I said, but look, this this is going to be his life. I'm not saying this is the way he got to live, but it's his life. He's got to make the choice. You got to train him until he turned 12. And you got to make sure he understands the training that you're giving to him. But you yet got to be his daddy. You got to be there for this boy. You can't just turn him loose and come out you hate him because he's liking men. You got to loving past all of this. I said, what happened when you first found out that you was having a son? I was having a fit. I went out and I did this and I bought that. I was buying stuff for him that he couldn't even use. He had to grow into it. I said, and what has happened now that you found out he don't love women, but he loved me? And I said, what's happening now? How, How did that love change? Because he's not doing what you want him to do. I said, when he didn't throw the baseball the way you wanted to, you didn't fall out of love with him. When he didn't uh, uh, dunk the, the basketball the way you wanted him to, you didn't fall out of love. You was a little frustrated, but you didn't stop loving him. What's making you stop loving him now? Because sometimes it's going to be some hard pills to swallow, they say. But it's all in Jesus. It's all through him. But without him, we can do nothing. We got to go to him for everything. Job said, though it slay me, yet I'm going to trust him. And all of my appointed time, I'm going to wait, W-A-I-T, until my change comes. It won't always be like this. God is perfecting that which is concerning you in patience. Sooner or later it's gonna work for your favor. He's turning it around for you. But we gotta to learn to wait on him. But you don't understand, sister Barbara. They said they foreclosed it on my house in in a month. Well, they gave you too much time. Because you got a whole month to pray. Within that month, you got time to fast, you got time to pray, you got time to study, you got time to keep seeking God and increasing in your faith and patience. They gave you too much time. Now, if they would have said a day this evening, okay, well, and you still had time. You still got the time to talk to God about your situation. He's the only one can fix it. No need of me going to the courthouse. No need of me calling an attorney. I don't have the money to pay an attorney. I don't have the money to pay the court fees. So where am I going? I'm going to the maker of heaven and earth. I'm going to almighty God who can turn this thing around for me. And I'm going to wait on it. To the old-timers, I know they heard me tell the testimony about I needed my phone bill paid before 12 o'clock that night, that morning, brother. I wouldn't get paid until that Friday, and that Friday was like four days away. I waited on the Lord. He didn't come until 1157, but it still wasn't 12 o'clock yet. huh? Paid it. Right before 12, a few seconds before 12, they got the payment, never turned it off. But what I had to do is pray. And I had to share with God that phone bill. Lord, you know I don't have the money to buy it. I can give you some testimonies about faith now. Because that's all I got. I don't have money. I don't have riches. I have faith in God. All that I have came by faith, patience, waiting on him. I drove that 1998 Ford Contour car for nine years. He blessed me to keep his service, the oil change, new tires, da-da-da-da-da. Never did have to have no severe maintenance to the last end of the thing. He was trying to tell me, get rid of it. Enough is enough. Oh, I loved it so much, I just wasn't going to turn it loose. So he allowed it to just stop. But it took patience and it took faith for me to get the newer car. After that, I kept speaking on the brand new car. SUV, small SUV. I, want. I kept speaking it, speaking it. I would tell the grandbaby Cobricia, Granny going to get us a new truck. Kept telling her. Anybody rode in a truck? Oh, there's such a nice truck. I said, well, the Lord's going to give me a brand new one. Power of life and death in our tongue. Whatever we speak, that's what we're going to have. And sometimes we'll speak it, but we don't have the patience to work on it, so we stop saying it. It ain't come yet. I may as well stop. No, I'm going to speak it until it show up. (laughs) I'm going to speak the farm, Brother Louis, until it show up. I'm gonna seek the $500 million until it show up. I'm not gonna stop because it didn't show up yet. I gotta let patience have a perfect work. I'm gonna be entire and wanting for nothing. Huh? But we, we 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 put God in a box and we telling ourselves, uh, I gotta do this and I gotta do that. I'm not gonna worry God. What? If without him you can't do nothing, what, is, what are you doing? What are you talking about? Well, it's looking like I won't make a truck note, I got to get another job. I got to do this. If he gave you one job, pray it after me, increase on that job. Lord, I need you to increase my income. I, I, I need you to increase my work, uh, uh, increase my position on the job that I get paid more so that I can. But really working and making money is to give is to plant seeds unto God that the gospel will go further. And your seed's going to come up and pay you. Seed money is going to give you the money to do what you need to do with it. But we, we want to control whatever. And it's all right today. However we do it. But I'm going to speak life to every situation in my life. I'm going to wait on God. Because if I wait on him, what he give, it won't add no sorrow. It won't make me cry. It won't make me be sad. There were days when I couldn't make the truck note. He had to create a budget for the truck. He had to open the door and give me income just for the truck payment. And on times when I couldn't pay it, I remember sitting in the garage and I would say to him, I would say, Lord, uh, I need you to you know, go ahead and give me the truck payment because, you know, I'm coming up on two months and they're going to be looking for their money. So, Lord, I need you to go ahead and give me the truck note money. Sometimes I say, Lord, would you please just give me the truck note money? And in a few minutes, some way, somehow, something would come up. I, I might go to the mailbox and an unexpected check in the mail for right at the amount of the truck payment. Sometimes I would hear cash out go up, ching ching, money for the truck. <laughs> I I I might would sell mugs or I might would do something else, you know, and, and make a few dollars to, to, to put together to, to do what I had to do. Then he created a budget and income just for the truck. I, I'm to my listen. I declare blue sky. He did it so quick. So I was waiting on him, and I thought I would have to wait longer, but he knew what I need, so he supplied the need. He's that kind of guy. I wanted the the small SUV because I wanted to carry over-the-counter medicine to local low-income clinics. I wanted to be able to give people rides to and from medical appointments, to and from uh, different pharmacies to pick up their medication a trip to the grocery store and back. Somebody had to go to a funeral. Somebody had to go to a wedding, and they didn't have a way other than the bus to go and shop, and they didn't want their clothes, you know, on the bus, rankled up or balled up, because you never know what's happening on the bus. It might be crowded. So I'd take them to shop, I had the patience of Job to wait on. Them. Don't go out there rushing. Go in there and get what you need. I'll be all right right here. I got me a nice drink, refreshing drink. I got my Bible right here, and I'm good to go. She did, Sister Doc. She sure did go with me. Yes, she did. So look, patience. We, we want to meditate on that today in prayer, praying that the Lord will strengthen us as the strength. Strengthen me, God, as you give me patience. Because if not, we might fail because we don't have the strength to go through patience. Because when I tell you all kind of stuff will come that will ensure when it get done with us, we have patience. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Listen, I have a couple of testimonies. Well, let me go to the next uh, song of the morning and a request, and then we're going straight to our testimonies. I just want to share that little bit about patience this morning because on Saturday God brought that to me. And if he bring it to me to share here, I must obey. I love testimonies. Yes I do. How many come in here to have church tonight?
4: Or oh, are you in the right place?
1: Radio You need. Yes, Jesus is a morning radio. Old radio for real people.
0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Miss Dorothy Norwood. And uh, there's a praise in the temple. I love that song. I love it. I love it. I love it. I like upbeat anyway. You know, I like upbeat things. So listen, we're going to this first testimony of the morning. I believe it's William uh griff griff
5: bone griff bone yeah i believe it's his testimony so let's take a listen like i didn't you know i used to walk around like uh, wanting people to see me in a certain way having a swiss watch you know driving the fancy car living in a nice house flying in a private jet you know and and i just lost my desire for that so i I noticed those things. Those were big differences in my life that I noticed, like, this is different, like, you know, all of a sudden I began to believe that it was possible. And beyond that, like, the Holy Spirit started to break those, like, things in my life, the shame that I had been living under, the condemnation, like, I didn't think it was possible to live without that. And He began to break those things down, and I was able to start living like a whole person free and transparent and like i just didn't think that was possible
2: so uh what testimony are you sharing today my encounter with the holy spirit okay could you give us some background as to your views of the holy spirit of how you grew up just give us some context of your life before fully encountering the holy spirit so I grew up in a home
5: where you know we really believed in the Bible. We studied the Bible. I read through the Bible. Our whole family would read through the Bible uh, in a year. We'd, we'd read a chapter in the Old Testament and a chapter in the New Testament every morning. So that's how I grew up. I, and I grew up. I, I grew up loving Bible trivia, um, knowing just knowing a lot of the Bible. And I even in college I went on to start a degree in Old Testament history. Um, in fact, I'm two classes shy of having a bachelor's degree in Old Testament history before. I kind of realized wait a second there's only really one thing you can do with this and that's become a pastor and I didn't at that time in my life didn't want to become a pastor so I changed my major so I I have a pretty deep knowledge of the actual scripture Um, but what I wasn't taught um, at least not well was what it meant to actually have a relationship with God and what role the Holy Spirit plays in that relationship in fact, I grew up in a church that did not believe in um, the work of the Holy Spirit uh, today uh, through the lives of believers, through healings and miracles. I mean, there's, it's a weird dichotomy because, you know, in the church I grew up in, you would find people who believed like God could do a miracle. But they would find it very hard to believe that you could pray for someone and they would be healed, you know. But God could do a miracle; He could heal somebody, but it would be like not through that person, right? So that's kind of the the home I grew up in. I mean, to the extent that my my um, my parents had friends that were in uh, in uh, charismatic churches. Uh, in fact, we had a, fr- a good friend who was the pastor of the Assemblies of God Church in our local town, and my father would talk about. You know, let's go and see if if uh, if I speak in Dutch because we're Dutch. Um, so Dutch was my first language. He would say, um, "Let's go speak in Dutch and see if they'll interpret it." You know, kind of mocking the Holy Spirit. So that's the that's the home I grew up in, and, and kind of the perspective that I had on the Holy Spirit. I mean, it was very skeptical. I would see like. Friends or people that I knew that you know went to i mean I grew up in the era of like the Toronto revival and the the brownsville revival and and we would just we would just mock those people like they would go down there and we'd see videos of people getting slain in the spirit or barking or whatever they were doing and and the whole like the whole feeling around it was like a very mocking feeling of of that whole thing. it was like that's that's not the Holy Spirit that's just people being crazy in fact that's Satan doing that you know. Yeah.
2: How did uh living without that power? how did living without the Holy Spirit now looking back at it how did that affect your life? Yeah, that didn't
5: work so well. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that the Holy Spirit you know could give you the power that you need to to walk out your Christian life, so I was trying to do it on my own without him, and you know I went through spurts of like, yes, I went a year without looking at porn or this or that and and then it would be like oh no you know I'd fail or whatever and um, I have some sin in my life and yeah walking without the Holy Spirit is a walk without power
2: could you share more uh, I mean obviously I you're a good friend of mine so you you've been through a lot and I know you've been through a lot but if you could just share a little bit more as far as like um, what that life really looked like without the full power of the Holy Spirit what that looked like was
5: uh, I was very involved in church I mean I grew up in the church I had a faith I love church I, w- I want I wanted to be a good Christian um, I mean I went through I remember as a teenager I went through the experiencing God course and I remember thinking like maybe I can actually learn how to hear God's voice but um, you know because I didn't have uh, I didn't have that close relationship with the Holy Spirit I hadn't been baptized in the Holy Spirit um, You know it's like trying to see in the fog it's like trying to you walk into a warehouse that's dark and you can't see anything in there that's what it felt like and um, you know as as I grew older and time passed and I'm still struggling along in the flesh you know as the brokenness that had you know been introduced into my life grew which it will grow, you know. If, if God doesn't heal that brokenness, make no mistake about it. Bar- it may be buried there. At some point, those things are going to pop out, and things are going to, you know, those, those things are going to grow. Those open doors to the enemy, you know, he's going to he's going to pounce on that every chance he's got, and he's going to try to develop that brokenness in you. And in me, that was sexual brokenness. So you know, it it started to grow. You know, it, it, I remember I had defeated it for a while. And we were living in an apartment building, and um, and my wife and I were standing at the elevator to go down to our car, and right next to the elevator was the door, which was the door to open to the trash chute. And there was a little space where you could, you know, there were you could pile cardboard boxes and whatnot in there. And we're standing there at the elevator, and for whatever reason, the elevator took a really long time. And suddenly, the door opens after we've been standing there for like three minutes. I mean, the trash chute is probably like this deep or whatever and then there's like the actual trash chute and this dude like opens the door and walks out of the trash chute and we're like what was he doing in there so we we went out to the store whatever we were doing and later we came back and i had to take trash to the trash chute and i um and i opened the door of the trash chute and there's a stack of like hustler magazines right there and i believe that the guy was like trying not to walk out with his magazines he might have had them and I don't know if he was going to throw them away or he just had them with him, but he clearly heard us coming and didn't want to walk out of the trash chute. And I, I saw them, and I picked I picked one up. And what
2: are Hustler magazines?
5: It's it's a graphic pornography magazine. Like
2: it's much more graphic than Playboy. So what what happened after that?
5: So I picked one up and I took it with me, and um and you know I, I, I kind of started to drown in pornography I had been able to resist it for a while I think we were married 2 years at the time and you know that was kind of my reintroduction into pornography
2: what what um can obviously you 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 went through a lot but what was what was the moment or could you give us some insight as to what led up and what happened when you first came into contact with the Holy Spirit? So all
5: along I started working in my early career. I worked in a lot of nonprofit uh, kind of functions and organizations. So I was working in a nonprofit based in England and um, became very close with the founder. He became a spiritual mentor to me and he opened the door largely to um, what it was possible You know, to have how what what was the possibility in having a relationship with the Holy Spirit? He was um, he was a strong spirit-filled believer. Um, had actually um, had a lot of training under Derek Prince, uh, who I admire as well. And uh, and he and I traveled for I think it was three years straight. Um, I mean, the first year I probably wasn't more than 50 feet from the guy for three months straight. I mean, we went all over the place. We went all over the United States. I traveled extensively in Eastern Europe with him, Ukraine, um, and whatnot. And um, and so uh, I began to experience more and more people who had a relationship with the Holy Spirit that I didn't know before. I mean, I didn't uh, know anyone who had that kind of walk. So that began to, to plant a hunger in me uh, for the Holy Spirit. I, I saw that, that there was a a difference in a power. And like, I saw something that I didn't have and I wanted it. And I was like, well, I believe in God. Like I have faith. I believe in Jesus and what he did for me on the cross. But this was different. Like, and, you know, in the church I was, that I had grown up in didn't teach really like that part of Acts where Jesus talks about sending, you know, the Holy Spirit and power, you know, and I didn't know what that meant. And I started to see it in these people's lives and it was attractive. So, um, along with him, some other people in that, in that circle and in, in and around that organization, um, began to talk with me more and more about the Holy spirit. And they were people I could just ask questions to, you know, I'd be on a trip with my, with my friend, Phil. And, you know, we would talk for hours, stay up late at night going through stuff. And, and I was able just to like, honestly ask him stuff. And it began to, you know, open a door in my life and in Kathy's life. Cause, um, he was really a spiritual mentor to both of us, him and his wife. And, um, it opened a door in our life to to like seeing what was possible. I started to kind of diverge at the same moment like as I was experiencing these things and meeting these people and getting this inspiration I also started to like just not be able to fight my sexual brokenness anymore. So at that time, like here, I am involved in like Christian ministries and nonprofits and churches, and but I'm getting deeper and deeper into sin, and so I'm starting to close myself off and like hide from God and all that shame and condemnation because that's what I felt like I've been in a you know growing up in a home where you got to be a good Christian boy, and man, it was shameful if you were like in sin, especially you know sexual sin. Kathy, my wife, on the other hand, she um, she just really started to pursue a deeper and deeper relationship with God, and she started to find healing from things that she had been through um, in her life and growing up. And you know, she began to say things to me like, "Well, I see these things in the Bible. I see you know healings and miracles and and the spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit, and and I want those in my life. I want the Holy Spirit in my life. And so she began to pursue Him." And break the way in our, you know, pave, pave the way and break breakthrough in our family to, to bring the Holy Spirit into our family.
2: What uh, Could you take us into that specific moment as to when you received the, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit?
5: Yes. So Kathy and I uh, went and visited a friend who we met through uh, working with that ministry um, in November of that year, and we stayed with her during Thanksgiving. It was a great trip. We we really love her. And uh, Kathy ended up asking her to pray for her to, you know, be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And um, so that happened in, in Thanksgiving of that year. Kathy starts just like growing like crazy. The Holy Spirit is like opening her up and like starting to speak to her. And all of a sudden, she's hearing God and like she's. And she's seeing things, and like she's beginning to have this whole new level of relationship with with God, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And you know, so I'm at the same time I'm coming to a place in my brokenness where I'm just I'm just lost. I'm like, don't know how to get back to God. I I, I feel like I have I have crossed the line. I've gone too far. Like there's no way that I can that I can be free from the things that I've that I've gotten involved in. And I, and I start to feel really hopeless and, and I see Kathy going through this stuff and I'm like, you know, attracted by it. I want that in my life, but I feel like, how am I ever going to get there? If these people only knew, you know, the real me. And, um, so Kathy's growing and like, we're involved in a, in a church where they're they're very resistant to the Holy spirit. And, um, so a friend of ours who we, we knew that clearly was spirit filled, um, he, uh, he said, you know what, I'm going to come up uh, and I want to, I want to talk with you guys. He's like, you know, I see the angel stirring the water and I, you know, I feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to, you know, come and, and talk to you guys. So Kathy had some questions about praying for healing and things like that. And, um, and that's what sparked that conversation. And he saw something happening in our life that, um, he was, you know, he wanted to be part of it. So he came up, talked to us and, um, and before he left, he's like, you know what? So he drove like four hours up to see us, and he was going to drive back <laughs> home. <laughs> um, and he, he had been in our house for like an hour and a half, two hours. And he's like, let me pray for you guys before, before I go. And I thought, you know, I've been around a lot of people who pray, you know. Let's pray, and it's like a two-minute, you know, bless these guys, and that's it. No, this turned into like I, the Holy Spirit clearly was communicating to him that he was trying to get through to me because – This turned into, you know, are you ready to surrender your whole life to the, you know, to God? Are you ready to receive the Holy Spirit? Are you ready to surrender to Him? To surrender your whole will and all that you are? And I was in a place where I was just, I was at rock bottom, and I had nothing else to lose. And I was like, God, I am, I surrender. For the first time in my life, I let go of the possibility of of, you know, keeping everything to myself and keeping everything hidden and allowing the Holy Spirit in. And, um, and so I received the baptism of the Holy, uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit that night. Now, I didn't speak in tongues that night. I didn't like nothing crazy happened that night, but um, I woke up the next morning and, you know, I couldn't do the things that I had been doing. Um, you know, the first thing that I noticed, um, you know, it was like, let me back up there. It was like a, it was like god began to like my heart began to flutter like god began to like plant this hope in me and there was there was something different i woke up that next morning and i knew there was something different i was feeling things and i was not sure what it was and i went to do some of the things that i normally do like i i, I used to start the day looking at pornography and i pulled out my phone and i just couldn't pull it up and i was like this is weird i mean i i had spent 28 years in sexual brokenness it had become so much a part of me, I had no idea that I could live without that. Um, so I pull out my phone and I can't pull it up. I'm like, I, I can't do it. So then I get in my car to go to work, and music had been a big part of um, my like descent into sexual brokenness. I had a I had a um, an account, a Spotify account with like a whole like bunch of playlists of like just really sexually explicit music that that like i would just listen to whenever i wasn't at home you know basically when i was away from my family um and they didn't know that i had that kathy didn't know i had that and i would listen to it and um i just couldn't listen to that and for whatever like the holy spirit like have me put on a worship song. I mean, I never listened to worship music. I never listened to Christian music. And I get in my car and I put on a worship song. Um, I remember what it was. It was Carrie Joe, Keeper of My Heart. And I played that song on the way to work and I couldn't stop listening to it. I kept putting on a repeat and I'm like bawling on the way to work. I don't know what God was working out in me. I mean, I, I have an idea, but he's, you know, just through that, he started to like work things out. I knew. They were something different. I pull into my office building and pull up to like the, the parking uh, valet guy that parked my car every day for me. And I'm sitting in there crying and he's I'm thinking this guy must think I'm nuts. You know, he's looking at me like, what is going on with this guy? But so like I couldn't, so I couldn't do the music. And then like, you know, I was one, you know, I had, I was so deep in my sexual brokenness that, you know, I would walk down the street and every woman that I saw. I would imagine what it would be like to have sex with that woman like i i I, it was like i couldn't stop it i couldn't imagine not having that you know thought process in my life i didn't know what it was like to live without that i mean i would wake up thinking about it i would have dreams about about it and i was walking around and i didn't have that and i was like you know it was like everything like the music the the porn the 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 thought life, it was like, God, like, I felt like, I felt like like my heart was fluttering. It was like, oh my gosh, is this really possible? Can I actually be free of this? Is this going to last? You know, I was like, I was dumbfounded because you, you got to understand, like, I was so deep in this stuff. It was so much a part of me. I had no idea how to think about my life without that. So like, You know step by step and it wasn't just the sexual brokenness it was money and like things that I desired like he like took those desires away from me I had had spent an inordinate amount of money on a car that um, it was just ridiculous it was the dumbest purchase I ever made and um, and I just had no desire for that car anymore you know like I didn't you know I I used to walk around like uh, wanting people to see me in a certain way having a Swiss watch you know driving the fancy car, living in a nice house, flying in a private jet, you know, and and I just lost my desire for that. So I, I noticed those things. Those were big differences in my life that I noticed, like, this is different. Like, you know, all of a sudden, I began to believe that it was possible. And beyond that, like, the Holy Spirit started to break those, like, things in my life. The shame that I had been living under, the condemnation, like... I didn't think it was possible to live without that and he began to break those things down and I was able to start living like a whole person free and transparent and like I just didn't think that was possible
2: so what does your life look like now today with walking with the Holy Spirit
5: so um, you know all those experiences they were just the tip of the iceberg of like the changes that God was going to bring into my life Um, Within a very short time of um, experiencing the baptism of the Holy Spirit, um, you know, one of the things that he was that he was working out in me was to to live as one person. Because I had started to live like as one person, you know, with my family and in church, and another person completely away from my family and outside of church. I mean a totally different person and God was bringing me back into that one person but to do that there was a lot of things he had to remove out of my life and a lot of brokenness that he had to to heal and so one of the things that happened very quickly after receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit is my business experienced huge financial losses I'm talking millions of dollars of financial losses we nearly lost everything and um you know, and it was a really hard thing to go through, uh, and most people, I don't know how they deal with that without the Holy Spirit, because it's gut wrenching to experiencing those kind of losses, and I believe that God used those things. I, mean, I don't, I don't want to say that God, you know, took away my money, but. I think that God uses those experiences to to bring us closer to Him, and He certainly did that in me. There was a whole shift He had to achieve in me on Him being my provider, on my perspective on money, on my pride, on you know, there's this whole shift that had to happen that I just I don't see how it would have happened if I hadn't had that loss and this dependency on Him, like to shift my perspective out of like this self like. I I worked out of my flesh like all the success into depending on him to provide and to to lead me in in the things that I was doing and and how and how I was doing them so what my life looks like now compared to before is drastically different
2: what can you say to anybody that Maybe is hesitant to uh, search for the Holy Spirit, maybe doesn't believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, Uh, maybe is listening and wants to encounter the Holy Spirit. What can you say to them? I think I would start with, you
5: know, number one, I feel you. I, I was there. Like, I was completely skeptical about the Holy Spirit. I did not, you know, believe in, you know, I didn't think that people could speak in tongues. I didn't think you could pray for someone to be healed. I thought it was all fake, you know. At the same time, I believe God could do that. So I'm not sure where, you know, the dichotomy was in my mind. Um, It's something I think Satan likes to plant in a lot of people, like that, you know, no, God doesn't work that way. Um, But so number one, I understand I was there and I was there for, you know, 30 some years. So... The other thing I would say to you is, I mean, do you ever read the Bible and and see, like, the apostles in the book of Acts and see, like, the miracles that God performs through people and see Jesus saying, like, greater things will you do, you know, will, that you'll do even greater than, than the, the, what you've seen? Do you ever see those things and think to yourself, I want that in my life? I would encourage you to explore that thought in that path because... The Holy Spirit does want that for your life. He can uh, come into your life in a new way. He can empower you. He can baptize you. He can fill you from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. Those things are possible. So that's what I would encourage you.
6: did not fit the mold of what they said a girl was and so because i did not fit the mold of what a girl was naturally i'm going to think that i must be something other than that and so there's this confusion that i have that was brought about by people teaching me womanhood that did not come from the creator of women but from culture
7: welcome to the focus on the family broadcast helping families thrive Jackie Hill Perry is our speaker today, and she was one of our most popular interview guests in 2020. So I know you're going to enjoy this presentation as well. We'll be dealing with some mature themes, so you might want to use your earbuds or watch later if you have small children nearby. Jackie has quite a story to share growing up. She identified as lesbian and was involved in relationships with other girls. Now she's a believer, a wife and mother who spreads the gospel message to those who struggle with sexual brokenness. She's even written a book about her story. It's called Gay Girl, Good God, and we highly recommend it. Get a copy right from Focus on the Family. Here's Jackie Hill Perry speaking at a brave conference for women hosted by Hope Fellowship Church in Frisco, Texas on today's Focus on the Family.
6: Tonight... I want to talk about my story, and in talking about my story, I kind of want to give you the encouragement to share your own. Um, I think when it comes to courage, when it comes to bravery, when it comes to fear, I think there's a lot of fear in being honest about where God has brought us from. I think sometimes we could be comfortable with people seeing where we are now, not recognizing that there would be so much more fruitfulness if they understood how we got there. And so I want to tell my story for that reason. But in all of our stories, I think it's necessary to recognize that our stories start with a story. That is the story in Genesis 1 through 3. In Genesis 1, God creates the heavens and the earth. In Genesis 2, he creates Adam and Eve. In Genesis 3, we have this situation that has affected everything. Uh, You have Eve talking to the serpent, not realizing that it's the serpent. She should have already known something was odd when the snake wanted to have a conversation about the tree. (laughs) (laughs) Have you even noticed he didn't even say hello? He just started going to questions. You already rude. You ain't righteous. That was a sign. Angels ain't rude. All right? Start to interact with her about this tree, this tree that God told them that the day they eat of it, they shall surely die. She chose to believe another voice, another person. And in believing the evil one, she ate from the tree, gave some to her husband who was with her, don't know what he was doing, maybe cutting the grass. I don't know how that works in paradise. He ate, him being the patriarch of all of humankind. What happened was sin entered into the human condition where all that will follow after them will have the same story where we are all born into this world prone to believing someone other than God. So when I come into this world, uh, I come in with a problem. I come in it with a heart that isn't bent towards God naturally. When I was born, born to a single mother, my mother loved me well. My daddy loved me sometimes. Uh, he loved me when he felt like it. He loved me when he went down to the altar and got halfway saved and would be present and then would leave again. And so I grew up having this view of men that told me that men were very inconsistent beings, that they said things that they did not not truly believe. Um, The first man to ever actually show me affection was through abuse. So I already have this messed up framework that now affection from men is a dangerous thing, something that's not safe, something that isn't. Uh, built on love. But I also have this framework that women are a loving thing, that women are the present ones, the loyal ones, the the loving ones. So in maybe first grade, don't remember, I know it was before I knew how to spell my name, I recognized that I was same sex attracted. Didn't have those words for it because, again, I'm five. Uh, (laughs) But I knew, I noticed that the same way in which other girls, like the little boys on the field, uh, was the same way that I liked the little girls on the field, didn't know what to do with it until I went to church. When I went to church is when I found out what the name for this passion was, which was homosexuality. And my problem wasn't with the condemnation pronounced on this behavior. My problem was with the way it was said. It was uh, the tone, the inflection, the facial expressions the mob mentality of the of the parishioners when it was talked about as if this wasn't something that anybody should be free with discussing openly so what happened was naturally i'm gonna keep this to myself because clearly christians aren't fans of people like me uh growing up it was a present desire a desire that I wanted to go away a desire that I wanted to flee a desire that I wanted to somehow leave because I assumed that life would be easier if I had heterosexual lust instead of homosexual lust but that's neither here nor there but growing up I figured that this would be more it would be easier for me to do but I was afraid of what the doing would bring me I was afraid of how God might think of me and how my family might reckon with me until high school Usually, you either act out in high school or college. I chose high school. I I decided, you know. (laughs) Ain't no sense in waiting to be wicked out loud. (laughs) So, I felt, you know, that it was just becoming hard to act straight. It just was becoming a difficult thing. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to just try it, see what it was like. This is the thing that I've been wanting to do for a long time. And so I got on MySpace, don't know if y'all remember that, it's a social media network, that it was before Twitter, Uh, I got on MySpace and connected with a woman who I was in a relationship with for about two and a half years. And that relationship is when I transition into a stud. So in the white lesbian community and the black lesbian community, the language is different because culture is different, right? And so a stud in the black lesbian community is a woman who presents or projects a kind of hyper-masculinity about herself. And so I sag my pants, I wore boxers, I wore uh, sports bras that were small, like tighter to flatten out my chest. At that time, I didn't have locks. I had straight hair, so I would put my hair in a ponytail. I would walk as masculine as I thought my Myself to be, I would sit masculine. My voice is already a little heavy, but I made it heavier, and so that's what I did. I think this confusion, honestly, was brought into place through people telling me what a woman was that wasn't actually what a woman was. What I mean by that is, when you are a girl growing up who doesn't like pink, do I have on pink today? No, I don't. Who doesn't like pink? A a girl who doesn't like purses, even now, I don't like purses. Half of y'all got purses in here with only a charger and some chapsticks. It's just extra baggage, you know, Um, (laughs) pun intended. I, I did not fit the mold of what they said a girl was. And so because I did not fit the mold of what a girl was, naturally I'm going to think that I must be something other than that. Naturally, if I don't fit this this box that you said that my frame is supposed to fit inside of, then there must be another box that was meant to me to be in, which was maleness, which was masculinity. It's the same idea that we give to little boys when we tell them that they're acting like a girl because they're emotional, as if emotions aren't a human trait and not a gender-specific trait, right? And so there's this confusion that I have that was brought about by people teaching me womanhood that did not come from the creator of women but from culture. And so...
4: Naturally,
6: I'm going to try to start embodying a sense of masculinity because that's what y'all told me I was this entire time. In that space, I enjoyed myself. All sinners love sin. If you don't, I don't know what kind of sin you're doing. <laughs> I enjoyed myself.
3: <laughs>
6: you a born sinner if you don't like sin. But... Outside of Christ, but (laughs) y'all get me off track now. I I enjoyed my sin. I enjoyed the affection of women. I enjoyed the freedom of sin, or so I thought it was. I enjoyed the sense of rebellion that I had towards my mother and people. I enjoyed that. But even in my enjoyment of submitting to the flesh. I discovered that I could not find peace anywhere in it. It it was a difference between joy and peace. And I think God was being kind to me and that he would not allow me to be able to shake the disruption that was between us. That he made it very clear in my conscience that we were not at peace with each other. That we were at odds. But I didn't know what to do with that. Because I figured that if he wanted me to be a Christian, then that meant he wanted me to be like my auntie. Let me explain my auntie. My auntie is one of those Christians, I have never seen her wear a pair of pants in my life. I haven't even seen her knees. That's how spiritual she is. (laughs) So I felt, if that's what you want me to be, I I can't be that kind of saved. That saved saved, and that ain't me. Even this, she think is wickedness. You hear me? (laughs) I am immodest, all in my leg. Now, (laughs) I say that because I think one thing that kept me in unbelief is that nobody explained conversion to me. They told me to get saved, repent, get right with God, go to church. And so what I thought Christianity was were people who did a lot of good stuff that Christians were people who were really good at saying no to things that felt good. Didn't recognize that Christians were people who God had snatched up and given them a new heart and a new spirit where they were able to say no on the virtue of somebody else's power. I didn't recognize that what was happening inside of them was not owed to them at all, but because they believed in a God who was risen from the dead, so they were rising from the dead daily. I didn't know that. And so... When I was 19, I was in my room. I didn't go to church because I didn't like Christians. Christians is extra. And so they are. Y'all are extra.
1: <laughs>
6: you know those Christians? I had this one cousin. She was the one person that I could call that wouldn't talk to me about Leviticus every time we got on the phone. Some of y'all in here, you don't, you don't know how to ask nobody about their day. You want to go straight to Romans. You know you're going to die, Right. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't like y'all. My, Chris, my cousin, I felt, felt that God was drawing me. I, I felt this sense of him wanting me, wanting my life. Didn't want him, though. And so I called my cousin, Keisha, who was the only cousin or the only Christian I knew that would have an actual conversation with me as an image bearer and not just me as a gay person. That's the word. So got on the phone, and I was like, Keisha, I feel like God is calling me. But I don't want him. I, I'm just cool. I'm enjoying my life. I'm enjoying myself. I don't want nothing to do with Jesus. And she told me, she said, uh, God loves you so much that he's going to show you how much you need him. That was sounded real spiritual to me. I didn't know what the heck she was talking about, so I said, amen, got off the phone. <laughs> cool.
3: <laughs> Whatever you say.
6: And um, what started to happen was my life started to get harder. Life well, started to get difficult, and I think that's a kindness. Again, that's a, a providential mercy of God that he is not allowing my life to be so prosperous that I'm not. He's, he's allowing my life to be difficult in such a way where I'm constantly looking up. There's something about prosperity or being in the palace that makes you look inside of yourself. But There's something about suffering and difficulty even outside of Christ that shows you that all that you have ain't satisfying. That it's not enough. That these people, these relationships, this pornography, all of this stuff that you're turning to as a comfort is nothing more than a mere idol, and idols can't make nobody happy. So, coming back to when I was 19, I'm in my room, I'm watching MTV. Something real. I wouldn't watch a CBN, listen to no Beth Moore podcast, none of that. They <laughs> ain't even have podcasts. That was just they just listen to the radio. I'm in my room and I feel God speak to my heart. And I want to caveat on this is that our stories need to land on him always. Always. I've heard a lot of testimonies that sound like you overcame your sin. You somehow chose him. You somehow did it instead of recognizing that we are saved by grace through faith. Grace was first. And so God interrupted my room, and all of a sudden, I had this awareness that my sin deserved death. It's weird stuff. And I thought to myself, I don't think I would be convicted me. Like, I don't, I, don't, I don't think I want to do that. I definitely don't think the devil want people to feel some type of way about their sin. So this must be the, the Lord thy God that I ain't never talked to in my life, except on Easter. And so... <laughs> and uh, in 1999, you know, before 2000 hit, I went in the bathroom. <laughs> Just in case you on your way back. People was going to Sam's Club buying soup.
3: <laughs>
6: anyway, if you 17, you don't get that. But <laughs> you didn't get it. <laughs> I'm going over my time because I'm making y'all laugh. Um, God... Spoke to my heart, showed me that the sin that I so loved and so enjoyed deserved death. But the interesting thing is that it wasn't just sexuality that was my problem. I I started to reckon with the fact that every single thing that I loved and enjoyed deserved death too. So I started to make like a, a survey in my mind of everything that I loved and its consequences. And all of this is being motivated by grace all of this is being motivated by the holy spirit who in second corinthians 4 he is lifting the veil off of my eyes for me to see light for me to see glory in me seeing light it's all that's really happening is that i'm seeing reality and i'm leaning towards believing it that's what light does and so i start to think okay i like to steal a lot because i used to steal because i figured if i steal my outfit for the club then i got money for the drink (laughs) y'all don't get that I, I thought I was being a good story. You hear me? <laughs> I still... That's deserving of death. I'm a porn addict. Been watching porn since I was five till 19. Uh, lesbianism, that's obviously wrong according to uh, the, these Christians I talk to. Every, uh, even authority disrespect to parents. I remember that the law had something to say about people who didn't like authority and the authority or authoritative systems that God set in place. And so I recognized... Jackie, everything you love has nothing to do with God's glory. Everything you love and enjoy has nothing to do with him, and you were created for him, Colossians 1.16. All things were created through him and for you. Nothing about your life proves that you're submitted to the reason you were made. But I also saw another thing. It wasn't just that the scriptures condemned my life. It was that the same scriptures that condemned my life had hope for me as a person. I remember the one scripture that everybody knows, which is John 3:16, And that for God so loved the world, the world being me, that he gave his only son that whoever, whoever being me, believed in him would not perish, would not be condemned, would not be judged the way they should be judged, but they would have eternal life. So I figured... That if God is trying to get me to turn from this stuff, then he must be the only alternative for me. He must be the satisfying one. He must be the good one. He must be the right one. He must be the true one. He must be the good one or he wouldn't want me to come to him. That was the Holy Spirit. I was able to see Jesus for who he was. So I told him, I said, God, I don't, I don't want to be straight though, like, <laughs> I, I get what you're saying, but I don't like men, which is a common response because oftentimes people have preached heterosexuality and not the gospel. So naturally, when they hear the call of God, they think they hear the call of marriage or the call of being with another person when God is saying, come, come to me. Come to me and I will figure out every single thing else. I'm not calling you. I'm not necessarily calling you to be heterosexual in the sense of having no temptations. But I'm calling you to be holy in the sense of whatever temptations you have, you know how to flee now. God was saying, come and love me and we'll figure the rest out. I told God, I don't know what this is going to look like. I know enough about me to know I can't do this on my own. I've tried to be righteous. I've tried to be holy. You say this stuff is as filthy rags, and all I have to offer you is filthiness. My hands are not strong enough to walk like Jesus without Jesus. I didn't know that that was repentance in faith. I didn't even have categories for those words. But it was repentance because... This is how you teach through your story, by the way. It was repentance because I saw my sin for what it was. I saw that it was worthless, and I saw that it was not satisfying. I saw that even though it felt good, didn't mean that it was good. But I also saw Jesus, and so in my sin, my sin for what it was, I was able to turn towards somebody. I didn't turn in on myself and say, okay, I just got to go to church more, and I just got to pray more, and I just got to do right, and I just got to do better, and I just got to fast a little bit. All those spiritual disciplines are great, but they don't get me to glory without the Holy Spirit, I had to turn to somebody to do the work that I could not do on my own. I went to work and I worked cash register and there was this girl, um, beyond, she was in, in line trying to take an order. And usually, a day before that, two days before that, I would have tried to flirt with her in such a way to see if she, you know, would go. And all of a sudden, I felt this awareness of God. That I never had. And it wasn't as if two days before. I didn't know that God could see everything. I knew he could see everything. Because I grew up in church. The difference was. This time. I cared. The proof of my repentance. And my salvation. Was not the absence of temptation. But now it was the awareness of God. And the power to obey. That was the fruit of repentance. So. Did that encourage you? Yeah. Tell your story too then. Yeah. Tell your story too then. Some of you in here might not have what you call a miraculous story. And so maybe, maybe that's led you to be afraid. I've heard it a lot, especially people that grow up in church. It's like, you know, I, I came to face when I was six. Like, I didn't have a crazy story like yours. Um, Laughter I'm sleepy, so I'm trying to control myself. (laughs) But that's the devil. Because it don't matter how you came to faith, you came to faith. And every single person in this room, don't matter how you were raised or your particular economic, political, social, whatever context, everybody in this room was a Lazarus. So there is no, it don't matter how you came to faith, you were raised from the dead, and that in and of itself is crazy. So don't underestimate how God can use the power of a five-year-old testimony. Because some of us who have children need to believe and recognize that God is saving even the little ones too. Secondly, if you're afraid of how people might think about you if you tell your story, really, you got to just not care about that. Honestly. Because nobody's opinion is authoritative except God. So... If they reject you, it's cool. The gospel says that you're accepted. If they shame you, it's cool. God put that on himself on the cross. You free. If they treat you like you are what you used to be, it's cool. The gospel says you're a new creation. The scriptures and what God has done for you allows you to discern the lies of Satan inside of your fear and to walk free from it. Thirdly, stop making your story about you. Remember um, the lady at the well who had, Jesus had, I'm paraphrasing this in uh, hood language. Remember remember the lady that was getting some water by herself and God was tired and he said, give me some, some drink because I'm thirsty. And how he told her about her life. And so she went back to the Samaritans and told them, about Jesus, and she said, he told me all that I ever did. Crazy thing is that it said that the Samaritans went back to Jesus to hear from him after hearing what she said about him. She, in her telling her story, her story was her telling them about him. I think she probably said more about Jesus than she said about herself. And in her exalting him through her story is the reason that many believe. You have that same ability and that same privilege to be able to preach through your life. God is sovereign, right? We agree. God wants glory, right? We agree. If that is the case, don't you think that he had his hands on your story for the sole purpose of his glory? Your story don't belong to you. You don't own it. It is, it is yours to store it and give away so that he could be seen and perhaps that might be why we hold it in so much because we don't see how useful it actually is. So I'm not saying get on the stage in front of 1500 people and tell all your business. <laughs> I've been doing this for a minute. <laughs> but there are ways that God can use your day-to-day interactions to encourage, to lift up, to build up, to warn, to challenge in your relationships and your friendships. On your social media, there are ways that God wants to use the things that he is taking you through or taking you through to encourage the people that he's placed around you. So don't be so self-centered or so nearsighted that you think God just wants to use the things you do and not the things you did. That sounded so good. I ain't never said that before.
7: I really appreciate Jackie's insights and her devotion to doing God's will above all else. She and her husband, Preston, just celebrated their eighth wedding anniversary, and God has blessed them with three daughters and a baby son. Jackie's written a book about her experiences, and in it, she offers practical, biblical tools for finding wholeness in Christ. The book is called Gay Girl, Good God, The Story of Who I Was and Who God Has Always Been. And I'd encourage you to get a copy from us right here at Focus on the Family, where the proceeds go right back into ministry. Help us save marriages, save the lives of preborn babies, and impact the culture with God's truth, like Jackie shared today. The best way to support us is by making a monthly pledge. It doesn't have to be a large amount. It's the consistency that really helps us month to month. And when you make a pledge of any amount, we'll send you a copy of Gay Girl, Good God as our way of saying thank you. And if a monthly commitment isn't possible for you right now, we understand. We'll send the book to you for a one-time gift of any amount. The bottom line is, get your copy today. Yeah, request Gay Girl, Good God when you call 800, the letter A, and the word family, or just click the link right there on your screen. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, thanking you for joining us and inviting you back next time as we once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.
1: mountain looked all around couldn't find nobody went down into the deepest valley looked all around down there couldn't find
3: nobody
1: I went across the deep blue sea. Couldn't find one to compare To your grace, your love, your mercy Nobody greater, nobody greater than you Searched all over, couldn't find nobody I looked high and low, still couldn't find nobody Nobody greater Nobody greater, no Nobody greater than you Stretched all over Couldn't find nobody I looked high and low Still couldn't find nobody Nobody greater Nobody great, nobody greater than you Nobody can heal like you can Oh most holy one, you are the great I am Awesome in all your ways and mighty is your head You are He who carried out redemption's plan. You are He who carried out
4: redemption's plans I looked tall though Couldn't find nobody I looked high and low Still
3: couldn't find nobody
4: Nobody great greater Jesus
3: Nobody greater than you Searched all over Searched oh. all over Couldn't find no Couldn't greater. find nobody. I looked high and low Still couldn't but find nobody. Nobody greater, greater. Nobody greater Nobody great.
4: Lift those hands for real in here. Come on. Nobody greater. Nobody greater, Jesus. Nobody greater
3: than you. Nobody greater.
4: Nobody greater. Nobody greater. Nobody greater than you. Now lift those hands, singers, and let's just give them the glory. Nobody greater
3: Nobody greater. Couldn't find nobody. Nobody, great.
4: nobody greater. Nobody than you. Nobody than you. I dare you lift your hand and say that with us tonight. Come on. Nobody greater. Nobody greater.
0: Sean Mitchell this morning And nobody's greater Nobody's greater than you That used to be the theme song For Jesus in the morning And I got a chance to uh, Interview with him With Sean Mitchell And I met him, he was over on Twitter One day And so I really didn't think It was really him So I just hit him up You know, what's going on, where are you He said, I'm in Atlanta and he said, they have a smoking room. He said, there's so many people in there and it's so crowded and so smoky. I don't see how they're doing it. I said, in the Atlanta airport? He said, yes. And so then I wrote him and I asked him, would he interview with me? And he said, yeah, I, I have to look for that. And uh, he told me his grandmother raised him and, you know, told me some good stuff about himself and everything. And I went was on my way to the. Back coming back from Texas and I was flying back from Texas and we stopped off in Atlanta and I said I'm going to find what he told me. I'm going to find this smoking room. And I went over there and sure enough they had it. So many people you couldn't really see in the room through the glass for the smoke. I was like, I see what he's talking about. How can they breathe in that? Yeah. And that's how I met him over on Twitter. Yeah. Mr. Bashard Mitchell and uh, I just love the way he prays and worship, and God has given him um, some wonderful songs to sing. I love good gospel music. There's nothing like it. But again, this morning we're still, uh, after hearing all the testimonies, we still talking about patience because even when you're going through uh, things to have a testimony, you have to have patience still. No no matter how we look at it. Either way you slice it up, dice it up, chop it up, all coming back to patience. Because we can't do anything without God. And we can't move time no faster. Um, I know when I take a long trip, let's say I take a trip from here to Missouri. And I'm going to drive that trip. I have to map it out, find out where hotels are, you know, where I get gas from, and that kind of thing, you know, stops along the way. And for a trip like that, I need somebody with me. And the reason being is so I have someone to talk to, to keep me awake, somebody to sing with, because I like to sing on trips, you know, and all of these things. And I can't really make the trip go any faster. Now, I can, you know, cut it a a small portion. Maybe if I go through this way, it'll help me not go an hour out, you know, so I'm saving an hour. But the majority of that time, it's got to be done because Missouri is so far from Florida. So no matter what, I gotta have patience to drive and to get there. And if we, if, if it's going to take a couple of days, I gotta stop tonight and sleep. And I may get six to eight hours worth of sleep. May need more. Then I gotta get up and shower, dress, maybe have breakfast. You know, get back on the road. You gotta drive some more. That's time. That's patience. And we need to pray for this and pray for strength. That as God give us the trial to go through to get more patience, we will endure the trial. And we'll get the lesson out of it. Yeah. I was looking at James 1 and 4. But let patience have her perfect work. That ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. See, because you 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 got patience, and you're not gonna want for nothing because you 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 have the patience to wait on God because you know He supply need according to His riches and glory by Son Christ Jesus. His riches, He's got more than we could ever imagine. It takes me back to the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. So look, he basically made everything and everybody, including that devil. And look at this. But let patience have a perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. You know how many people in the world, how many people in the earth? And he's going to supply for all of these people according to their patience. Some people just give up and let it go. I never give up. I just wait. I I have the Job mentality because I know it's coming. The only way it, it does not come is it will not work together for my good. As long as it will work for my good, God will allow me to have it, but there may be a time on it. It may not work for my good until Wednesday, so Wednesday is when I get it, not a day or an hour before. I can never accuse him of giving me nothing bad. Yeah. Luke 21 and 19 says, in your patience possesses ye your soul." And in your, in your patience possesses you, your souls. Matthew 18 and 26 says, The servant therefore fell down and worshiped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Remember the, he, the man old, and he went to his master and asked him, have mercy upon me, have patience with me. I don't have your money. And the master told him, okay. But he went out and grabbed the one who owed him and going to beat him and kill him and all of that, you see. He had no patience like his master had for him. Yeah. The last one is James 5 and 10. Take, my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord. For an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. We're going to go through. We're going to have some suffering. We're going to have some afflictions. Uh, there are going to be things we can't control. We're going to lose some loved ones. Children going to grow up and be not what we intended for them to be. Some of us, we're going backwards and not forward. Some of us, we know things are sin, but yet we'll do it. We know it's wrong, and yet we'll do it. And he said, if we know it's wrong and we do it, it's a sin. And sometimes our flesh get the best of us. Yeah. But I thank God for patience. I thank God for love. I thank God for his grace and his mercy abounding for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. I got one more. I said that was the last one, but I really I have two more. So let me finish these last two and I'll open the studio. James 5 and 10, take my brother and the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Hebrews 10 and, 20 and 36 says, but ye have need of patience that after ye have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. After you done did the will of God, you might receive the promise. For me, that's two things. After I serve here this morning on Jesus in the morning, I'm going to have patience to believe that I received the promise of God for obedience sake. If I continue to obey God, one day he'll give me a crown of life that will never fade away. I will be able to go back to him because after I've done his will, I yet have to wait for him to return. I can't just run out after I get through here this morning and stand before the judgment seat of God and get my announcement, whether I'm going back with him or whether hell is my home. I yet got to wait on him, no matter how it goes. I must learn to wait. Yeah. Colossians 1 and 11 says, Strengthen with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness. No matter what we go through, we yet can be joyful. See, because while I'm going through, I want to keep my mind on him. While I'm going through, I want his word to come up in my heart, in my mind. I want to remember what his word says. I'm going through, but he yet said I'm the head and I can tell. I'm going through, but I'm yet more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus that loved me. I'm going through all of this, but no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. I'm going through all of this, but yet I can come boldly before the throne of grace to make my petition known unto him. I'm going through all of this, but I'm yet going to cast my cares upon him, for he careth for me. Oh, look at here. He will give you strength to endure. He will give you strength to go through anything that you need to go through. hmm
3: Strengthened with all might
0: According to his glorious power Unto all patience and long-suffering With joyfulness A lot of times I was going through right here Nobody never knew I get up and wash my face You know, brush my teeth I don't always brush my hair right away But then I come here and I do what I have to do unto him. And what he used me to do for his people. I'm happy. I'm joyful. And then sometime later on or right after that, I'm reminded. This, this and that going on, you know. But now unto him that's able to keep me from falling and keep me blameless before his throne. I cast my cares on him because he careth for me. I continue to let my light shine. I continue to be the candle that sit on the hill that can't be hid. I'm striving yet for perfection in him. Apostle Paul taught me quite a bit. And two things I often remember he taught me. Don't be ashamed of the gospel, Barbara. It has power
3: to save. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another thing I
0: learned from him was this. He would show me a mystery that we all would be changed in the twinkling of an eye. You know how fast that is? So certain things just just stay with me, just sticks with me. I, I can't move it. I can't get rid of it. Because there would be no excuses mm-hmm when I stand before him. God bless you this morning, Miss Thelma. <laughs> God bless you. Yeah, it, 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 there is no excuse. And many take the thorn in their side as a reason not to work unto God. There's a thorn in your side, so you stop. There's a thorn in your side, so you stop speaking the gospel of God. You stop helping people. Because you feel like you doomed. I got this one thing. I haven't been able to get rid of it. So I'm going to just stop because I'm just hell bound. No ma'am and no sir. I don't care what thorn it is. I'm going to keep reaching for Jesus. I'm going to keep crying out unto him. Who's able to fix it. Who's able to keep me blameless before his throne. So I thank God. I thank God that I learn these things about him, that I seek his face, I desire to turn from my wicked ways. I'm looking for him to hear from heaven, forgive my sins and hear my land. Uh, 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 My land may just be that thorn. My, My land may be the desire to do something more, whatever it is if I repent mean it decide to obey his word let the world and all the worldly tools go that was one of the first things I had to do thank you brother Louis for posting script that was one of the first things I had to do was let me go Give the devil back all his tools. Because I had some tools, y'all. All kinds. And I had to give the devil back his tools. The scale that way dope, he had to get that back. The route to get dope, he had to get all that back. The thinking of how to trick the bank out of money, he had to get that back. All kind of tools that the devil had given to me to use to commit sin against God. And myself, I had to get those tools back. I no longer wanted them. Cast them to hell, he picked them up. That's why I said I gave them back. I no longer desired to do the work of the devil. I had been set free and I no longer had a daddy, but now I have a heavenly father that owned the heaven and the earth. It all belongs to him. He's got the last word on everything. Oh, I feel like a little testified here. He owned everything and everybody. He's got the last word over my life. I can speak those things myself that are not as though they were and they come to pass. I really learned that power of life and death was really in my tongue. I'm going to have what I say. I'm going to have. If I sit around and old oh, war is me. Everybody has got a house but me. Everybody got a new car but me. Foolishness. Everybody married but me. Nonsense. I'm just as important to God with the house or without one, with the car or without one, with the husband or without one. I'm just as important to God and the work of God. It was him that called me out of darkness into this marvelous light. It was him that chose me. I didn't choose him. I didn't even know about him, where he was, and he chose me. But I got to the point of where I needed him. Nothing else and nobody else could help me, only he could. But the old Old timers you may have heard me say I was lost in sin I was seeking I was sinking, Far from the peace for sure Very deeply Stained within Sinking to rise no more But the master of the sea He heard my despairing cry Lips wasn't moving But I was crying from my heart And from the waters It was him that lifted me Today I can say Save Love lifted me. I don't know what I did this morning, but it cutting off at 9.30. I thought I was going to run for 10. But anyway, love lifted me. When nothing else could help me, for God is love. God lifted me. And I had to learn patience. I had to work to get patience. I had to pray for strength to endure the trials to get the patience that I need to wait on him, to wait on others. Because a lot of times working with people is not easy. There are days when you're moving at a certain speed and they're not. There are days when they're moving at a certain speed and you slow down. Whatever state I'm in, patience to be content. No matter what state I'm in. If I'm in the project, the government housing, I'm patient. I'm waiting. I'm happy. If I'm in the house on the hill with the dog named Fluffy, I'm patient, I'm loving, I'm kind, I'm happy. I got Jesus. So no matter where I am, no matter where I go, he go with me. He won't leave me. He won't forsake me. He will be with me until the end. And I'm grateful unto him. But let's pray for patience. Pray for strength. that when the trial of patience comes, we can endure. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. So today is a good day. We're starting off the week with a good topic. Patience. Hallelujah. God is faithful. We hear testimonies of what God has done for others. The songwriter said what he did for them, he'll do it for you. We, well, with him, we are no respecter of person. He's he don't he don't respect one and don't respect the other. He loves us all. He wants us all to come to him in the fullness. Daily, we must prepare. If he is coming back one day, and we know not a day, not an hour. So if we prepare him daily, we'll be ready when he comes. Hallelujah. If he called you to something, if he chose you to do something, pray and ask God to stir that gift up in you. Yeah.
2: Hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah. So we thank God this morning. listen. I'm going to one quick one and uh, coming right back and pray us Mm -hmm. out.
4: Dixon on the saxophone. I believe there are many ways to worship. Amen. We worship with our words. We worship with our instruments. We can worship with our entire bodies. My only prayer is that it's pleasing to the Lord. That's our only prayer. Only prayer that pleases you. There ain't no Talking about worship, and right here is my good friend David Watson who plays the flute as well as the saxophone.
1: Spreading the love worldwide. www.jesusinthemorningradio.com.
0: Hallelujah, hallelujah, that's new world sign. People get ready, there's a train It's coming. Oh, hallelujah, don't need no bag. Just get on board. So we thank God this morning for his word. Thank God for good gospel music. And I'm going to pray out this morning, and we pray that the Lord bring us back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, for another episode of Jesus in the Morning. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for all that has been said and done today. We thank you, Lord, for making a way out of no way for us. We thank you that as we depart this morning, you will lead and guide us in the right path for your name's sake. Father, we speak those things today that are not as though they were. Whatever we stand in the need of, we speak it today because your word says that you supply need according to your riches and glory by your son Christ Jesus. Do it for us today. Father, make every crooked line straight in our lives. Let us run to you for the least little thing that happens. But, Father, you're a place where we can run in and be saved. And, Father, we bind up every evil and hindering and negative spirits that's coming our way today. We cast them back to the pits of hell, never to return again. And, Father, we release your blessings and your miracles uncommonly upon us today in the name of Jesus. And, Father, we ask that you would rebuke the devourer for our sake. In Jesus' name, we ask. We thank you. We give you glory and honor. And Father, we praise you today for your worthy. Lead and guide us in the right path this day for your name's sake. Bless our going out this morning and our coming in. Again, meet the need in our lives according to your riches and glory by your Son, Christ Jesus. And, Father, we ask all of this today in Jesus' name. Amen and hallelujah. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent one from another in the name of Jesus. Go today in love and peace, share the good news of Jesus, and give someone something of quality. God loves that you're forgiven. Have a blessed day. I speak the blessings of Almighty God upon you today, August the 8th, 2022 in Jesus name so at this time I'm going to say bye bye and have a blessed day
7: Judy was boring hello then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com
4: it's my little escape
7: now Judy's the life of the party
4: oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon
7: whoa take it easy Judy